Hi, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Today I'm in conversation with Leonard Kim, managing partner at Influence Tree, a brand accelerator where Kim and his team build and develop your personal or business brand. Kim also shared details about his upcoming book he co-authored with Ryan Foland, who's right here at KUCI, and it's called Ditch the Act. Reveal the surprising power of the real you for greater success. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Leonard Kim. Thanks for joining us. Oh, anytime, Janine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I heard about you because you have a book coming out with Ryan Foland. And so tell me how that came about. Oh, so, you know, most people, they have grandeur plans in life, and they're Mm -hmm. like, how am I going to go out there and get this vision out there? For me, it was kind of the opposite. Like, it never occurred to me that maybe I should go out there and write a book one day. In fact, um, back in about 2013, 2014, I self-published a book, and I really didn't enjoy the process that much because it took a lot of time and effort. Sure. But what led me down this path is in uh, 2016, uh, Wiley, one of the big publishing houses, they reached out to me and asked if I was working on a book. Oh. Um, yeah, it was kind of interesting. So I was like, um, I'm not really working on one, but... Um, I will now. I asked, <laughs> <laughs> I asked if... Uh, we set up a call and we started talking, and they're like, oh, you have to send over a proposal. And I'm like, proposal? You want me to write a proposal to go write 50,000 words? This is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> so um, most people would go and write a proposal. I found my friend Ian too. I'm like, hey, um, Ian, you've helped us arrange a lot of the stuff in our course that we have. Why don't you write this proposal for us? We'll give you a few grand. So he writes it. Okay. Um, me and Ryan, we edit a few small pieces, but we don't really work on it that hard because it's like, are we that committed to getting a book project? <laughs> <laughs> And then um, in that interim, two agents reached out to us. And then um, <clears throat> Portfolio, which is Penguin Random House's business uh, book unit, uh, they reached out to us, too, asking if we're going to buy the book. Uh, the proposal's done after, like, maybe close to a year. Okay. Um, wow. The agent goes and shops around everywhere. Yes. And um, no one picks up the book. They're like, oh, we don't like that one. And yep. uh, the agent's like, if they come up with something else, would you be interested? And... Um, I guess the agent kind of pushed us into the direction of hiring a ghostwriter consultant to come down mm-hmm. and extract what the core topics are that we kind of knew. And um, he was like, yeah, it's going to be 120 grand for us to do the entire book. And the proposal part's going to be like 20. And we're like, okay, well, our agent's telling us we're going to get a six-figure advance. So sure, why not? We'll hire this person. So we pay him 20. Um, we get a new proposal back, kind of um, add in uh, the missing sauce, which is something that we knew that no one else did. So we invented something called an exposure resume. Okay. Uh, put that into the book, <clears throat> shopped it back around, and... Um, uh, Harper's Collins put it in a bid, then they backed out, and McGraw-Hill put it in a bid, and a few small publishing houses, and we decided to go with McGraw-Hill. Great. That's a great yeah, house. So, yeah. Kind of interesting. It wasn't like we planned to actually make a book. It was just that um, that happened. And um, lo and behold, our advance was nowhere near six figures, mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah. the writing went back on to us. <laughs> you know what, though? Your message is fantastic. I just want to share with the listeners, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Leonard Kim. The The message is, use your failure, your mistakes, and your vulnerabilities to fund success. 
the proven guide for building, excuse me, the proven guide to building a powerful personal brand through the fearless admission of just being human. Did you find as you got older, even with Ryan, like you decided, wait a minute, obviously being real is what it's about. So when I look at my life and when you bring up the topic of keeping it real, when I first started writing in May of 2013 to about December of 2014, I kept my content as real and as vulnerable as possible and talked about a lot of my failures, a lot of my struggles, um, relationships that went sour, work experiences that didn't work well, and just kind of talked about a lot of the things that happened in my life. And in that time period, I kind of acquired 10 million reads on my content, which is a significant amount of people looking at stuff, and it was kind of crazy. In 2015, I kind of shifted direction and I started writing more marketing-type content when I started writing for Inc. Magazine Mm -hmm. and just talking about kind of my expertise. And, of course, the numbers kind of tapered off. And uh, when I really look back at the two different situations, what really caused that decline is I started going away from being real and I started being more of that polished person that um, society kind of wants everyone to be. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it at the time that that was what was happening. But in hindsight, like, it makes perfect sense. I lost kind of those core elements of being vulnerable, being real, and being human. And that's kind of when my content went and struggled. Um, bringing it all back around and going back to the roots, it's really what goes out there and builds that connection, builds that camaraderie. And I think a lot of the time spent in building out this book made me realize just how important being human truly is. So, excuse me one second. So when you were getting 10 million reads, what was that for and and what was the subject? Uh, They were uh, basically life topics, uh, talking about uh, experiences growing up with my grandfather, Mm -hmm. talking about some of the failed businesses that I worked in, talking about like some of the failed relationships and the pain and the struggles and... um, Real stuff. Yeah, yeah, real stuff that happened in life. And I guess it's what uh, Dr. Linda F. Williams would consider the things that are too true to tell. (laughs) What what was her name? I couldn't hear you. Uh, Linda F. Williams. Okay. I I talked to her a few weeks ago, and she said we have to share share the stories that are too true to tell. Yes. Like the things that... um, sound fake the things that sound like they're unreal the things that <laughs> but they're so true that yes. they actually happen and like when people hear it they're like what that really happened to us mm-hmm. and then i think every one of us kind of go through these experiences i find that um sometimes your life is a comedy of errors and if you share stuff that happened to you the tough stuff the funny stuff you know it's relatable and people will connect more yeah it's definitely the case and i mean For all of us, we've all struggled in some way, shape, or form. And when we go out there and we share our struggles and our weaknesses and our vulnerability, what we're actually doing is um, it's the same thing that, like, if you've ever heard of, like, a secret society like Skull and Bones Mm -hmm. or, like, the ones over at Yale and um, uh, Masterminds, what they kind of do is people are like, oh, they're probably sharing plots of how to dominate the world. They're probably (laughs) doing this. They're probably doing that. And what they're really doing is it's a group of people who go out there and they share the things that they think are too taboo to share in society, which is like their struggles and vulnerabilities. And it's like, hey, man, let me tell you about how horrible my week was and the struggles that I faced. 
Right. Or, oh, let me tell you about this work experience that I had that was a huge struggle. And they bond because everyone's being open and vulnerable with each mm-hmm. other. And then that's why they create this, uh, that's why they create such um, success when they move in further into their lives because they have this sense of camaraderie with each other. Um, when we fast forward to today, a lot of people don't do that in the open world. But if they did that on this flat platform like the internet or at work or anywhere, they can build that type of camaraderie where people just build up so much trust and kind of work with them. And it makes it so much easier to go out there and achieve success because everyone's working together and everyone has your support. Definitely. So tell me about your backstory. What led you to being part of Influence Tree? So in 2013 to 2014, when I was writing and I had those 10 million reads, a lot of people came up to me and asked if I could teach them how to do what I did. And it was by the thousands. Like People said, can you mentor me? Can you teach me? And my natural inclination was to say no, because I was like, how do I have time for this? I have a job. I'm writing. I have school. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't have time to do anything. Yeah. So, so I said no. And I kept saying no. Then one day in 2015, it dawned upon me, what if I made a course to really go out there and teach people how to do everything I know? Great. Now, um, being in front of camera, being in front of video, that's uh, pretty nerve-wracking. And me being an introvert, I didn't really know how to go out there and execute. So I kind of sat on that for about six months. Then I met Ryan Foland over at Keith Ferrazzi's house. And when I, uh, Keith Ferrazzi's the author of Never Eat Alone. He's mm-hmm. on your back. He's inventing co-elevation. And um, when I met with Ryan, he talked about what he was struggling with and needed help with. I talked about what I needed help with. And we made plans to meet and kind of start working together. But, you know, after meeting someone at a networking party, most people go back to doing their every, everyday life uh, stuff, and they don't actually connect. Right. And that's kind of what we did, too, because, you know, that's just how networking events work. We say all these things, but don't actually fulfill them. Isn't that awful? That's so terrible. <laughs> it's like dating behavior, like, oh, I had a great time. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that. And then... um the weird thing happened was I went to go to Santa Monica to meet someone and pick up some skincare samples. And then um, I was uh, on the corner of the street. It looked like I was doing a drug deal or something. Great. <laughs> and then Ryan's all walking by. And then Ryan's like, hey. And I'm like, hey, I know you. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go speak here. And then it was like fate brought us back together, yes. forced each other back into each other's lives. Then we started working together. Um, I signed him on as a client. I I asked him to arrange everything that he wanted to learn. He, uh, After he wrote it all down, I mm-hmm. rearranged it. And I'm like, hey, do you actually want to build this course together? Great. But before we even started doing that, like um, because of all the failures I've had in life, I wanted to be sure that this is something people wanted. The thousand people saying that they wanted me to mentor them wasn't enough. So mm-hmm. I had to get a little bit more social proof before we moved forward. So we got an article up into Fortune, into Entrepreneur, and into Inc. Magazine, kind of talking about personal branding. Um, from there, we had a 1,000 people visit our website uh, that had pricing and all the other information. And 100 people said that they wanted to uh, learn more about everything. So 100 times $99. We're like, oh, wow, this is like um, a $10,000 a month business at least. Yeah, sure. Maybe we, should, maybe we should make something. So then we start working on the course material. That's great. What a great story. All because you ran into each other on the street corner. <laughs> <laughs> is that crazy? I love it. But that's how life works, you know? Yeah. 
So tell me, uh, tell me about the book. You've got a seven-step process for driving brand uh, differentiation and growth. How did you come up with this? So what we did is uh, we, in our course material, we go through a format called vision, voice, volume, and validation. But then there's extra steps within those four things um, that kind of outline exactly what you kind of need to do for everything. Uh, we broke it down into, uh, it's evolved into an eight-step process because the chapter was too long, and our um, editor turned it into two chapters, so mm-hmm. now it's an eight-step process. But okay. uh, the eight steps are kind of like this. What you first do is you get an exposure resume, which is kind of like a regular resume, but instead of talking about all the good things that you did at work, you kind of flip it around and talk about the bad things that happened. Oh, my gosh. The reason you, <laughs> the reason you kind of do that is because we're, we're accustomed to talking about the good things, but yes. we don't know how to actually share the bad things. Like, give me um, an example of the level of bad you would share. Like, you got fired or what? Okay, well, they go from level one to level five. Okay. A level one exposure would be like spilling something like coffee on your shirt or um, tripping over something. Okay. A level four exposure would be like a failed business, uh, divorce, or some traumatic event. Got it. And then a level five would be things you wouldn't share, which are like um, pornography, Mm -hmm. um, talking about lewd acts, I mean, body part pictures, talking about religion and politics, because um, those turn into just endless arguments. Okay. And when you kind of go from, when you kind of look at everything, if you were to today share a level four exposure, but in the last five years, you've only put up happy pictures, only talked about positive events, mm-hmm. only talked about all the good things that happened. By sharing a level four exposure today without sharing the level one to level three beforehand, it looks like you're having a mental breakdown. Yeah. Sure. It looks like you're having a midlife crisis. Yeah. And what that kind of does is it pushes people away when you need help the most. Mm-hmm. When you go and you sprinkle in level one exposures, level two exposures, and level three exposures into your life, when you have a level four exposure, people are accustomed to seeing you sharing and not being that perfect person right. that when a level four type thing happens, they'll come to your aid and rescue you and support you. Yeah. This is really interesting because when you think about all the resumes that are so beefed up with um, the this is my title and this is what I did and I managed this and brought in that, if people got a little more real, it might grab some attention. Yeah. So what we do is we uh, make multiple exposure resumes and we stack them from level one to level four. And what we do is we kind of walk through the eight-step process with these exposure resumes and kind of build out everything that we need to do for the collateral. Um, I believe the most important piece of content that anyone could ever have is going to be their bio because um, if you ever read a great piece of content, if you ever look at a great video, if you ever meet someone for the first time, your natural inclination is to go in, look them up. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that they're going to want to do is get kind of get to know you. So we walk through exactly how to make a bio. And it's not all just your accolades, but it's a mixture of your good, the bad, and your vision of the ugly. Then we progress into making a strategy, that uh, a long-term strategy on what you want to be positioned as or what you want to be known for in the future and how you're seeing now. Okay. Then we go into uh, Ryan's 313 method where we kind of break down uh, exactly <clears throat> what market you're targeting, what um, 
I'm not that familiar with the Dream One Three. That's Ryan's thing, so I'm going to skip that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we kind of go into like um, where you, what kind of content you should be creating, uh, whether that's a personal story and thought leadership, and we kind of extract all of those from the exposure resume. And then we kind of go into how to distribute that content to get the maximum uh, viewership on it instead of just putting it into like one place like a website, but how to distribute it into multiple channels. Then what we kind of lead into is like success stacking and building camaraderie and reaching out for new relationships by taking the first uh, step. I think most people nowadays wait for people to come to them, but a lot of what success what has to do with long-term success is um, taking that first step and initiating a lot of relationships, especially digitally. Definitely. And um, the end of everything is kind of realizing that um, what really is going to move the needle and drive success in your life is those one-on-one relationships where you each have each other's back. And that's the most important thing that you're really building from everything because, um, when you have people who look out for you and you're looking out for others, you're looking for opportunities, you're preferring clients, you're kind of going out there and driving that long-term success. Yes. And um, at the end of everything's kind of uh, talking about how to success stack and take one win to get another win and another win. For example, if someone were to be invited onto a radio show like uh, this one, mm-hmm. then you could use that to go out there and maybe get another radio show slot, maybe a TV slot, and kind of, to kind of leverage one asset to get another. Right. I want to ask you, because it sounds like you were talking about you weren't always successful. It sounds like this model fits with so many different people in so many different arenas because if someone is real and say and says to you, well, I started the concept of my business because I lost my best friend or my partner or whatever, and they have a backstory that's interesting, doesn't that help, obviously, with the process of being real? Yeah, and I, I think we could take it to this one example. There was this guy I met named Fournier who came over to my barbecue. And when he met with me, I wasn't in the position to help him, but he's like, yeah, I just moved here from Jersey. I'm out here struggling. I'm looking for any type of job I can. Mm-hmm. And he was really open and uh, honest with me. And if I was in the position to help him, I would say, yeah, I'd hire you. Okay. But um Three hours go by, four hours go by, my friend Ishmael comes by, and Ishmael and I are talking about, like, uh, his Floyd Mayweather contract, this big deal that he's doing, and then, like, um, Fournier, and then, like, he turns to Fournier and goes, so what do you do? And then instead of being open and honest uh, about what was really going on, Fournier started to let his ego step Uh in, and he wanted to kind of, like, be one of the big boys too, I guess, mm-hmm. even though he's only 21. And he starts talking about how he manages his artists and things like that. Instead of actually saying, hey, I just moved here, I'm broke, I'm willing to do anything. Uh. And I think if he kind of said that, yes. he would be working with Ishmael right now. And Ishmael and him would have a successful relationship where right. he's led him into this network. They start working together and he'd probably pay him too. Yes. I mean, a lot of times we can see through somebody's baloney. I'll be polite. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then, like, that translates to business, too. Like, why yeah. did you really start your business? What are you doing? And yeah. it, it works for everything. Like, people see right through it. And, um, like, instead of having that, oh, here, let me help you out. Let me uh, let me do this and let's work together. It's like, oh, good for you. Yeah. yeah. No, it really completely makes sense. What else would you like people to know about you as well as this book? Um, I mean... 
for anyone who's really out there, the important thing to really consider doing is ditching the act and revealing your whole self. And that involves the good, the bad, and the ugly. So many people out there are scared to go out there and open up and be vulnerable because, as Brene Brown says, when we look at fear or when we look at our own vulnerabilities, we see them as our own fears and insecurities. But when we see them in others, we see it as strength, inspiration, passion, and things like that. So what, we're, what we have to realize is we're kind of lying to ourselves when we say it's fear and um, shame and all these other emotions, and we just have to go out there and lead with it because that's what's really going to go and drive your success. I'm a big fan of hers. She's awesome. She's amazing. Uh, I watched her Netflix special about fear and vulnerability. It was so funny, so spot on. Great stuff. You know, um, have you ever read anything from Elizabeth Gilbert? Specifically, there's a book, Big Magic, and it talks about how, you know, to be creative, it's scary, but it's worth the fear and the vulnerability because if we're creative and we want to live this life, it's worth it. Hmm. I haven't read anything by her, but um, I could. Yeah, Big Magic, Elizabeth Gilbert. Big Magic. It's a fantastic read. Um, and then I've read stuff by, is it Brené? Is that how you pronounce her name? Brené Brown? Yeah, Brené Brown. Brené Brown, yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah, I've tried to get her to leave a blurb for her book, but she doesn't respond to me. Oh, it's t- that's <laughs> She's a tough too one. She's busy now. She's really She's busy. She's big time now. <laughs> oh, definitely. Your book comes out when? Oh, it comes out in October on the 25th, and it's going to hit bookstores everywhere. So if you're... Uh, if you have a Barnes & Noble around, you can kind of go there. If you want to pre-order the book, there's different retailers you can go to, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Even Target has books now. Who knew? But um, we'll have ditchtheact.com up shortly. It's not up now, but any of those other places you can pre-order the book. Uh, just type in Ditch the Act, and you should be able to find it. Excellent. Uh, so you're on social media if people want to find you. Oh, uh, it's either Mr. Leonard Kim or Leonard Kim, depending on the platform. I would have kept it consistent, but, you know, sometimes you can't do everything. (laughs) Great. And I'm trying to schedule something with Ryan. It would be nice to chat with him as well. Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. He has a KUCI show, too. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll figure something out. So this has been great. I want to thank you so much for calling into our studios. Uh, We've been chatting with Leonard Kim. He's a co-author with Ryan Foland of Ditch the Act, Reveal the Surprising Power of the Real You for Greater Success. Thanks so much. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me today, Janine. I really appreciate it. And thanks for everyone who was listening today. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.